This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. His miraculous heart revealed through his word. Okay, and if you don't know, I've got to read this. For, so in Hebrews it says, For the word that, God's, that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart, which is good news because he alone loves and cares for our heart like nobody else. So we want him to come in and analyze and help us to see things clearly. So that's what Women in the Word is all about. We have five guest speakers come in. They're going to share about who God says we are. We need to know because we've got a lot going on in this head of ours, right? We've got the enemy of our soul trying to name us and label us all the time, every day, 24 hours a day, right? So we need to know who does my father say that I am? So that we can answer the enemy back and call him what he is, a big fat liar. Okay, so then let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. And that's what we're going to do during Women of the Word. Um, We fellowship, we journal the Word, we hear from someone who's prepared, like who God says we are. We're going to go into the Word, what does that say? And then we um, pray for each other. We have a small group. We pray for each other. Seven to nine. We end on time. Pretty cool. So, no. Go come and enjoy. But when is it this week? Is it ever going to be on Tuesday again? Okay. But this week on Tuesday. Okay. Blessings. Awesome. It's good to get connected, right, ladies? And I think Women in the Word is a perfect opportunity for that to happen. Um, I think really through your mobile app and through the website, if you don't have a mobile app already, that's a great way to stay connected with what's going on. Also, if you're not getting the Tuesday emails or you're not looking at them, they're very, very good, very informative. They're just a quick snapshot of what happened the previous week and really even more importantly what's happening in the next week. So make sure that you're signed up. If you haven't filled out a connection card, um, sign up and do that. Listen, Harbor Life is coming soon. Really, really soon. So if you're in here and you're like, man, I want to get connected to this house. I want to get um, you know, into relationship with some people. I want to hear more about the culture of this place. Sign up for that. It's coming, coming quickly. And then Friday nights. How many of you have enjoyed Friday nights since we've kicked them off? Come on. It is amazing. We'll be here Friday night with a, a friend of mine from North Carolina. I think he's one of the best teachers I've heard um, in this generation. He's a younger guy. 
um, in his 30s, but profound understanding on the teaching uh, of the Word of God. His name is Dan Keisler. He's coming down from North Carolina, and he's going to be here Friday night, so come out. It's different than this setting. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. You don't want to miss it, so make plans to be here on Friday night. We have it every single week right here in this facility at 720, all right? We're going to jump into the Word of the Lord um, I've titled this message today, B.C. to A.D., and we're looking into this, this, this series that we've been in. We're wrapping up right now, One Heart, and we're really gathering around the culture of the kingdom of God as a house, as a community, and I was just kind of in, in, the, in the word of the Lord, just going through some stuff, Old Testament all the way to New Testament, and I think sometimes we give the Old Testament a bad rap. And we can't really, or we don't have the capacity sometimes to see into it that actually the heart of the Lord, as, as maybe revealed through shadow or imagery or poetry in the Old Testament, is congruent with what he's actually going to bring forth through Jesus and the church in the New Testament. And so I want to just kind of show you a little bit of that today as we, we look into this concept of what I'm titling the natural anointing. Anointing is simply another word for authority. Everybody say authority. How many of you know that we've been called to have authority in the earth as believers, right? And there's two different types of authority, just to make this super simple for you. There's natural anointing or natural authority, which comes through acquired wealth. Now, how many of you know that when you have money, you have authority to do things, there's some powerful people in the world that, that maybe have gotten that, that wealth through, through the wrong ways, right? It's unfortunate. Greed is alive and well in the world, unfortunately. People are living for self. But that natural anointing or that natural authority through acquired wealth is very real. And then there's a spiritual anointing or spiritual authority that comes from an otherworldly place, God's blessing upon humanity here on the earth, right? And people that have that when you're around somebody that really walks in a spiritual anointing or a spiritual authority, which we all are called to do, put your hand on your heart and say, I'm called to be a part of that, come on. It's everybody. It's, this is where the, the, the army of the Lord is awakening. There's, there's a spiritual anointing or spiritual authority that's resting on the people of God. Now, as, as the Harbor Church, one of our greatest strengths, in fact, we did a, a thing called Natural Church Development. It was a survey just to find out the strengths of our community. And the number one strength of the Harbor was passionate spirituality. It's a big surprise, right? Come on, somebody. But that, that really means I think we really understand for the most part, especially if you're around here for any amount of time, that, that we really carry like a spiritual authority. We really carry a spiritual anointing um, that God, because God's blessing is upon us, like he, Julio was saying, um, that we're sons and daughters. And because of that, like he's put his blessing upon us through Jesus, right? So what I want to do is I want to I focus. I've actually never taught on this before. I want to focus for the few minutes that we have remaining today on this whole concept of, of the natural anointing of God because it's very important to even understand the history of the root word to anoint. 
it, it, it comes from a Middle English word, um, roundabout, like just think old, old school England, kind of kings of England kind of time, Middle English word. It's the merging of two words, Anglo-French and Latin meaning, which literally means to smear ointment on somebody. Or to, if, if you're thinking about authority, to smear authority all over somebody, where it's like part of the essence of who they are. Right? It's, it's no longer can you distinguish between the two. Oh, there's the ointment, there's the person. No, when you smear it in, the two become one. So the authority actually absorbs in, if you will, to the person, to the, to the individual. So in England, you guys, I'm sure, have watched movies. Have you ever seen it where in a movie there's a king that dies, and then it's, it's crazy, but in the instant the king passes away, the king's successor is instantly anointed to be the king now of England. Later, there might be some pomp and circumstance and, you know, more official, like, hey, here's the king and all that kind of stuff. But instantly, what they would do is they would take ointment and they would smear it on the king and say, you are now anointed or given authority over this nation. Is everybody following me? Okay? So that's where it comes from. It's, it's, it's literally this concept to, to be chosen by divine election. How many of you know that God is choosing sons and daughters right now? And an invitation has been given to everyone, but he's choosing these ones who are saying yes. It's actually, there, there's a participation in this divine election where we say, God, we choose you back. Right? We respond. Is everybody awake? Come on, come on, come on, come on. We choose you back, right? We say yes to what you're giving us this opportunity to do. So, so the king of England, interestingly enough, would be both a king and a priest. Priest meaning actually affiliated with spiritual things. So they weren't just given authority with this acquired wealth to rule and, and take care of the people, but they were actually priests before the Lord. I remember when I was on one trip to England, I went to this location um, where they still have the original stone where they would anoint these kings um, as kings chosen by God to rule righteously on behalf of the benefit and blessing of the people. This is actually what we're called to do, all of us. Mark was talking on Friday night. If you weren't here, check out the, the podcast. Um, but he was talking about one of our assignments um, to bring justice to the earth. Who's going to stand up for injustice if we don't, right? And so we've been given authority through acquired wealth and through God's blessing to make what's wrong right. Are you following me? This is, this is powerful stuff. We've been given this, this, this um, invitation to be people that are going to bring and extend his justice to the earth. And so this is what he's called us to do. Look at this with me in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, in case you don't believe this. He says, he has made us to be, come on, let's sing it a little louder. He has made us to be kings and priests. To our God, and we shall, oh my God. Amen. Let's go have lunch. Come on. Sir. Okay, so there's, there's a natural and a spiritual authority that we're to have on our life so that we can reign on the earth to bring justice to the earth. 
on, be, on behalf of our God, right? This is part of our calling. And so today's focus, i got to just jump into this um, for the sake of time, but I want to talk about natural anointing or natural authority as it relates to acquired wealth. Now what we're going to do is we're going to quickly look at these four characters, so interesting, Abraham, Moses, David, and the church, which is us this morning, and the timing of these characters spaced out historically were 2000 B.C., 1500 B.C., 1000 B.C., Christ coming, and the story continues. Very interesting that God would choose 500-year cycles to bring people into the earth to show the grace of God that he longs to see come on their lives for something profound, otherworldly, and historic to happen. Listen, something's up right now. Something is definitely going on in the earth. Like maybe I've never felt in my entire life as a believer. You know, sometimes people say, well, Darren, you were really fired up today. No, listen, I'm always fired up, always. And it's not out of some emotional thing. If you come hang out with my house, I am so chill. I am laid back, feet up on the, on the, on the footstool. I mean, I, I barely talk. It's, it's, it, I, what I, what I, but but there, there was a fire that started burning in my heart um, Round about 1992, when my wife and I were living in Oregon, we had an experience with God out there, and something lit my soul on fire. And from that point, he's just continued to be faithful to breathe on that little emblem of, of, of burning coals to, to just see this thing increase. And right now, listen, I, I am, I, personally, I feel like I'm in just full-blown renewal right now. And so, like, the stuff that I'm talking to you about, man, I want to be one of these figures, you know? And now it's not just limited to some guy, Abraham, or one person, Moses, or David, but it's the entire church that he's breathing on. It's the entire church that he's, that he's bringing into this assignment to be priests and kings. And all these people, whether it was pre-law in Abraham, whether it was through the law via Moses, whether it was King David, or it was the church New Testament post-law, the same heart attitude that God had to have a, a, a natural anointing is the same exact heart throughout the word of the Lord. I'm going to show you that today. The same purpose, congruency throughout these various areas. Because how many of you know natural anointing is aiding in God coming back to cohabitate with his sons and daughters on earth again. I was telling our, our pastoral team today before the service, I was like, what we're doing here is, is we're co-creators and guardians of an environment so people can come in to a meeting like this and walk away inspired and encouraged and accentuated in their faith and their life. You know, everything we do, we're, we're making space for this stuff to happen. Because there was a fall and there's been this process of redemption that was sealed in Jesus. But let's think about Abraham, 2000 B.C. for just a minute. You've got to understand, this guy was not a church-going guy. There was no church. There was no nation of Israel, chosen people to be the light to the Gentiles. None of that existed. And as I preach about Abraham, I want you to think about yourself. There was an invitation that came to him from God to come along on a journey and he didn't tell him all the details of what that journey was going to look like. He didn't tell him there would be some ups and some downs, but he gave him an invitation. Now, we don't know if Abraham was the first person 
that God gave this invitation to, but what we do know is he was the first one for sure to say yes. God is extending an invitation to a generation, and all he's looking for is a yes, and for us to trust him. Sarah, there was something on what you were doing today with that whole faith thing. I wanted to explode. It's like, this is what faith is all about. It's having a trust in God, and it's not being afraid anymore to take a risk and step out. So Abraham, he left, he was a son of an idol worshiper, an idol maker. He would make idols. His dad was, would make idols that people would worship. Isn't that ironic that the very one that would start, the, you know, Father Abraham, if you will, that was over the, the, the nation of Israel, but is our father as well. He was a son of an idol maker. Talk about redemption. Talk about the ability for God to redeem anybody and everybody. To take a generational line and, 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 and intersect it and bring forth the, the glory of God and what was totally broken. Come on, anybody else experience that in your own life with your family? So this is what he did with, with him. He, and, and the only thing that, that, that happened here, you got to understand, is that he, he was going to come up underneath his father and start making idols just like his dad. That's how he was going to earn his occupation. And he stepped out to follow the Lord And how many of you know when he did that, he lost his only source of income and way that he knew how to make money? Oh, my God. I remember. And there's something to this right here. Like, to, to, to put yourself out there where, like, man, you really need God to provide your income for you. Anybody else ever been there? Like in whatever way, for whatever reason, I remember when I was, we were transitioning to, to Dallas, Texas, my wife and I, and I just was trying to do my best, you know, to, 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 to bring the income that we were going to need to, to move out of the business that I was in, and I started delivering pizzas at night for Pizza Hut in my company car. I don't even know if that was legal. I, t- I just, I, the one thing I told my, my friend who was a district manager for Pizza Hut that helped me get this job is I said, listen, I'm not wearing the Pizza Hut hat. That's out. And no sign on top of the car, man. I'm going, I'm going rogue here. I'm going, you know, under, undercover. I could tell stories of what happened to me knocking on people's doors, delivering them, especially on Fridays and Saturdays past midnight. Can I get an Amen. Yeah, damage. I had I had counseling that I needed to go to to get imagery out of my mind. As the door would open, I'd be like, "Oh Lord, where am I right now?" But you know, we got down there, man. We needed God to make a way for us. I want you to know that. that I want to say this. I don't care how big your gifting is to to make money or how talented you are, what degree you have. It's the Lord that opens up doors and opportunities for you to make wealth, period, to pay your bills. Now, you need to steward what he's given you and maximize that. That's your responsibility, but it's God that makes a way, right? And so he starts to follow the Lord. He doesn't even know where he's going and then all of a sudden, man, he starts to, through, through this, this journey, he starts to have some conquest, and he shows up and meets this guy named Melchizedek. Now, I don't have time at all this morning to talk about, you know, all the theological, you know, backing around why Melchizedek was pre-incarnate Jesus, but you can look that up yourself. Be a good Berean, go to Psalm 110, go to Hebrews 5, 6, and 7. It's all up in those, those chapters. But Melchizedek was Jesus on the earth, 
showing up to come meet with Abraham before Jesus ever was born into the world. What is the mystery of that? He somehow come on, took, took on some sort of form and showed up to, to, to this guy named Abraham. Now look at this exchange quickly with me. I love the language here. It says, after Abraham returned, where? From his victory and over these enemies. The king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheveh. That is the king's valley. Notice the language. Natural anointing, king's valley. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and priest of God. Notice his title. King and priest. We're made in his likeness, right? We're to take on his essence. King and priest. Comes out to begin to meet with Abram. And, and brought Abram bread and wine. Do you see the cross here? Do you see redemption right here in this story through shadow? Brought bread and wine to him, and Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. And look what he says. Blessed be Abram by God, most high creator of heaven and earth. I've brought these victories to you, Abram. You've said yes. You followed me on the journey. You pulled out your sword. But I enabled you to acquire this wealth. And look what verse 20 says. Here's the the balance of this. And blessed be God, most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. Out of this response, Abram gives Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he has recovered. That's a healthy relationship right there. Blessing and honor through reverse back to this one named Jesus. Well, Darren, I thought tithe is like law. Yes, in the sense of Moses, but we're going to get there in just a second. Here, pre-law, Abraham is giving Jesus a tenth of everything that he had for the sake of his kingdom advancement, his continued cohabitation with his sons and daughters on the earth. If you're a guest here today, I, I, I don't talk about this stuff a whole lot. I actually need to talk about it more. The Lord's like, listen, this is like really serious. Like you guys are really, there's a lot of spiritual authority and stuff, but it's got to mix with this kind of honor, this kind of relationship in order to see this whole thing go. It's one big, huge, balanced picture. There's skin in the game where we are honoring the Lord by what he's given to us, by returning to him a tenth of all of the spoils of our war that we've received in our businesses, in our lines of work, in the way that we've been able to acquire income. There's an exchange of honor. That's healthy. Okay, what about Moses? Moses. 1500 B.C., he gave the law, and he begins to receive resources for the building of the tabernacle. Basically, this is a, a, a mobile tent housing the presence of God. God being able to come to earth and cohabitate with men. That's how he was going to do it. Jesus, we, you could, it's really cool. You can see his intersection with mankind throughout different parts of the story of the Old Testament. He was the fire in the burning bush appearing to Moses. His voice, that was Jesus. Jesus was showing up, even intersecting with Moses, but now how the presence of God would come would be through this mobile tabernacle. 
Moses wants to partner with God to see this cohabitation go to the next level. They had been enslaved. Now they broke out of Egypt where they were in bondage. And they weren't able to to experience the presence of God underneath that rule, underneath that environment, underneath that corrupt authority. How many of you know that the Egyptians were living for themselves? They were, they thought Pharaoh was God. Let's build all the, let's take all of our wealth and all our natural anointing and build all these, these pyramids and all these things to the glory of ourself. That's how things were, 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 were operating in the earth at that time. And then Moses was like, man, we've been broken free from this. Let's create a place where God can come and dwell. Look at this. It wasn't about some 10% thing right here. It says in verse 5 of Exodus chapter 36 um, that Moses went, they went to Moses and reported, this is crazy, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. Yes, the law came through Moses, but a spirit of generosity was resting on the people when a command was given, hey, let's build a dwelling place for God here on the earth. And people came in droves and began to give towards this thing, so much so that they said, listen, we've gotten everything that we need. And Moses, verse 6, had to go to them and say, men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. Right smack dab in the middle of law. Generosity's breaking out. That's, that's the spirit of the Lord. That's the spirit and essence of Jesus working in a people. See, they never got so rule-driven that they're like, well, let me give my 10%. That's what Abraham did as an example. Now we're law. Now we got the official tithe going. And, and you know, no, they were, they were being generous. We want God's presence. We know natural anointing is going to need that to, to partner with this, this invitation here. And then they have to say, guys, call it off. We got too much stuff coming in. By the way, notice the language. It says offerings. That's above and beyond. The, 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 you know, the, 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 the appropriate 10% that should be given to Jesus, like out of the heartstrings of our hearts saying, man, we honor you, Melchizedek, for giving us the capacity to even do what we do. Offerings. In the New Testament, not getting, getting ahead of myself here, but in Romans chapter 11, verse 16, it says, if the first fruit is holy, we're talking about first fruits, offerings, first fruits unto God, and set apart, then the lump is holy, and if the root is holy, then so are the branches. It's, it's like a way of showing, listen, all of this is yours, every single part of it. As the band comes up, I want to show you this about David really quick. This is really cool. I love this with David. It really, he was a guy that, how many of you know, was described as a man, what, after God's own heart, right? So he was this guy that the Lord graced to, to have a lot of um, natural authority. He was very wealthy. He was a very wealthy man. And the, the Lord comes to him in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 4, and he asks him a question, are you the one to build a house that I could live in? How many, how many of you have rented a lot or moved a lot or, you know, like had a place to live, not have a place to live, and it's all good and well, and then at some point you're like, man, I need a, I need a house. Yeah. 
What about moved around from church to 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 He said, a tree can't grow and thrive and produce fruit when it's being constantly picked up out of the ground and planted, another piece picked up out of the ground, planted somewhere else. The Lord says to him, verse 6, I've never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. I've always moved from one place to another. With a tent and tabernacle is my dwelling. But you see, God's desire was to see them established in a fixed location so that they could grow to the fullness of who they were called to be. I remember when we first started the church, I I need you to hear this. When we first started the church, we were all over the place. This location, that location, oh my gosh, now we got to move from here to there. And people started really getting insecure in that, going, man, are you guys even really here to stay? Like, you know, and I remember when God gave us the forum just a couple of miles from here. There was a stability that came into our community that that gave us the capacity to even begin to grow. There's pastors, listen, that come to South Florida and leave. Come, leave. Come, go. And people want to know, are we here to stay? God moved into that land through David. And he he put God's house right in the center of where the enemies had been dwelling, which was his his house where that was supposed to be built right there on Mount Moriah where Isaac was offered to the Lord like this child of promise you know we need to go and invade we need listen we need to go and invade the places that the 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 greedy people and corrupt business think that they're going to own forever like forget it like no we're going to go in and take but take over those spaces They don't deserve those spaces. When God's given us a mandate to have places to to, to worship him, to raise up people, to love on people, right? But look what David says. In 1 Chronicles 29, this is powerful language. He says, using every resource at my command. Verse 3, look at this. I am giving all of my own private treasures. Talk about a man of authority. What about us? Obviously the building project has changed. How many of you know that the temple was torn down? It doesn't exist anymore. If you go over to Israel, it's a wall, that's it. Why? Because God was never meant to dwell long-term in temples made with human hands, but in the hearts of men and women. Do we need buildings together? For sure. They can be a tool, but they're not the primary focus. But look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says, so now you Gentiles, this is amazing, who were not really a part of this covenant at the beginning. You're no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with God's holy family and people. He says, verse 20, together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the cornerstone being Jesus himself. 
Verse 21, we're carefully joined together in him, becoming what? A holy temple for God. Through him, you were Gentiles, are being made part of this, here it is, cohabitation, dwelling place where God now lives by his spirit. Question, where's your honor to Jesus with this work? Where's your generosity so overflowing that someone has to tell you to stop? Where is, I'm going to give everything I can to see this happen. Time, talents, resources. Why am I saying this? To put guilt trips on somebody in in this house? Heck no. Like I'm saying, man, something's up right now. And man, something's stirring and bubbling in my heart. Like that I've never even, I've never thought about some things like I'm thinking about right now. I'm like, man, we're called to reign in this earth. We're called to carry authority in both realms. I want all of the spiritual authority that we can have. And I also am asking God, Lord, do something in our community that gives us the capacity. Like, listen, let's make this not really super spiritual. Right now, our speakers are horrible. Horrible. You guys don't even know. Oh, Darren, it's too loud in here. It's too quiet. We can't hear the drums. We can hear the drums too much. You want to know why? These are the wrong speakers for this room. Did you know that? The wrong speakers. They're not a wide flow, a throw speaker. They're a long throw speaker, meaning if you're sitting in certain spots of the room, guess what? You got a bullseye on your head. And you better have some earplugs in your ears. You want to know another thing? What about these monitors up here? Darren, sometimes the band, they get off a little this, that, and the other. No, you know why? Because these monitors are like 15 years old. They're terrible. They're garbage. And we're up here giving God everything that we have. And man, we're worshiping the Lord. The presence is so strong here. How much more would it be if you could hear the drums in a nice volume? And the band could hear what was going on between each other. We were talking about the furnace the first night. It was so glorious. I was sitting out in the room, and I found out later that Janelle couldn't hear Spencer, and Spencer couldn't hear the electric guitar. And I'm like, how did you guys do that? And they were like, I don't know. We were just praying, God, please. We shouldn't have to have some fundraising campaign to, like, pay for stuff that is normally every day that we need. Come on. What I'm saying is, man, God is up to something, and we need to partner with his heart. We need to fall in love with God where, man, it's like, Lord, you have given me everything I have. I honor you. 10%. Here it is. Take it. Right in the midst of law, trying to stare at our little door, we're like, so much. Guys, please stop. Because what we're after, we've never been after a building. We've never been after sound equipment, ever. That's why I can say this with boldness. We've never, ever, ever, 17 years, never. If you're a first-time guest, go back and listen to 17 years of messages and then call me later. Would you stand with me? We... We're we're together. We have to do this together. 
Well, Darren, someone else will be that. No, if everybody gives their little part, then we can all go together into what the Lord has, right? Because we're all stones that are being built into this dwelling place for God's presence. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, as we we end this time, we'll have our ministry teams come forth, and then you're going to have to go get your children. You can come back in to receive ministry. But listen, I want you to dream, because you were feeling it this morning. If you couldn't feel it, like, let's talk, because something's up. Like, there's the Lord is showing up right now in a beautiful way in our midst. It's not so that we can have another great church service. It's so that He can fill us in our hearts and inspire us to, to, to be a people that have authority in this region. That are able, by the grace of God, listen, if you've, if you've had a dream in your heart that you haven't been able to see achieved, like listen, the Lord's provision is there for you for that. You know, if you want to go to school or if you want to get this degree or if you want to, you know, whatever it takes, like invest in some whatever to start a company. Like, come on, let's begin to pray. Lord, would you give us the grace to, to be successful in this world, not so that we can get another bigger house or buy into the whole brokenness of the greed of this economy, but Lord, to see you glorified. Come, Lord, come. Come to the church. Lord, we're so tired. We don't want to be the poor little old me's, Lord, that, that that's not your heart. You're looking for people to faithfully entrust victory to. Because you know that if you can get something to them, you can get it through them. And that's, Father, what your heart is all about. Could we just pray for a shift over everybody in this room, Lord? Just bring a shift, a correction. Where is needed, Lord. People that have been struggling, there's been a battle, Lord. Breakthrough in Jesus' name. I feel like there's some situations in the room today that you've been in, in, in a tight spot. And, and the Lord wants to come and he wants to give victory to you to move forward in his ways. Have your way, Jesus. And enjoy what you're called to do. Enjoy it. You can do anything for a season, but ultimately he wants you positioned in something that you love. Or it's not even work. You just, you just can't even believe you get to wake up and go and do that. Hey, look at me just for a second as we wrap this up. Wendy, she's, she got her degree. When was that? What year was that? Physical therapy, 2008. She's been in every different type of PT that you can imagine. Just now, she got this job. And she comes home happy. And she's like, I can't believe that I get to go and work at this location. I was like, Lord, what took you so long? The point is, stay faithful. Stay steady. She learned so much in all those other places that she never would have learned. But now... She's where she's supposed to be. You see, this is the way we go with God. So, Lord, as we conclude our time, thank you that generosity has been throughout your word. Thank you for patriarchs like Abraham and Moses and David and apostles that gave it all to start the church. Thank you that we're recipients. We honor, come on, do this. We honor those that have gone before us, we honor their sacrifice. 
We honor what they gave to get us to where we are now, their ceiling that became our floor. But God, let us take possession of what you have for us right now. Let us fully grab a hold of it in Jesus' name. Come and have your way. Breathe on us a natural anointing to go with our spiritual anointing that we can move forward into the things of God. Amen, amen. Hey, listen, if you don't know Jesus and you're here today, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Maybe something of what I said struck a heart chord, and maybe you just want to come and get some prayer for that. Also, if you have stuff going in your life that had no relevancy to what I was talking about, that's okay. Come down. Let us pray for you, all right? God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you Friday night. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.